0: learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship.
1: We're gonna be talking about grace. We're gonna be talking about double-sided grace. When you think about the word grace, and you think about God's grace, it's very easy for us to fall into this, and I don't wanna say it's a trap, because it's not necessarily a trap, Um, but it's very easy to fall into the mentality that You know, grace is just about salvation or grace is just about what we say over our food. And grace is just about God giving us second and third and fourth and fifth chances. And, you know, grace is us being able to have a permission slip to, you know, well, God understands. But there's a depth to God's grace that I think goes underappreciated. And many times it's easy for us to, I guess, unconsciously or unknowingly uh, devalue what it really means to live for God, right? This goes along the same lines as we often talk about when we talked about the freedom in Christ. And if you've been here for some time, you will probably know that that is probably one of the foundational pillars of our ministry and of what God is doing here. That we really want people to understand what it means to walk in the freedom of Christ, right? That it's not you doing the work, but it's you making yourself available for God to do the work through you. So there's a lot of surrendering, there's a lot of yielding that happens of your own mindset, of what you think, of, what you, of your own path, of your own life, in order for you to discover what God has already preordained you to do. So there's this commitment to God on a deeper level in your understanding of all that God has done for you through Christ. That's gonna help us to mature in our walk with the Lord, okay? So when we talk about grace, you know, a very popular definition, and, and the definition that we grew up is God's unmerited favor. So God giving you what you don't deserve, right? Basically, and that's good. That's an all-encompassing definition of grace. But when you think about that, God giving me what I don't deserve, uh, God's unmerited favor, unearned favor, humanly, is contradictory, right? Because we live in a world and in a realm and on a planet where ain't nothing free. And if they say it's free, look for the catch later. Right? And nothing's free. Oh, we got this complimentary vacation. Yeah, but we got to go to your strings attached class and listen to your strings attached pitch and go through that whole thing. Not getting flashbacks. Go through that whole thing, you know, and then have to deal with whatever. Right? There's a lot of strings, stickiness to it. But Grace is saying that there's nothing that you can do to earn it and it's legitimately free. Right. So when you think about God's grace, it's very easy to take advantage of. it. It's very easy to take advantage of something that you don't fully understand the value of. It's very easy for you to not fully embrace something that you don't really know. Right. You don't know what you don't know. So how many of us have missed out on deals and opportunities just because we didn't know? We just didn't know. So it wasn't like it wasn't accessible to us. We just lived beneath our privilege because we didn't know. And this is where the realm of grace comes in, where we settle for grace in the sense of I'm saved by grace. It's God's grace and mercy that have brought me this far. And we stop there. And then we live at that minimal level when God has called us to so much more. And it's not like we are necessarily having to apprehend it in our own strength. We have to open up our mind and our knowledge of Christ to be able to understand all that we have in Christ. Okay. So this is what this series is going to be about. We're going to go through the different um, the di- different sides of grace. And if I can give you an image, right, an image of like a coin, right? The grace, say, imagine grace is a coin and there's two sides to that coin, right? Both sides are different. So you have one side of grace that deals with salvation and then you have other side of grace that deals with what we do because we're saved, right? So there's that grace to be saved and that's grace to do what saved people do so there's a two-sided aspect of it where it's encompassed by that one coin and all driven by the power of god that's working through us in our lives okay so for today i thought it would be very uh, interesting to go through a few quotes that i found that kind of speak to what grace is because like i said grace is, is is one of those things where it's so rich that is really it can be very complicated to define. And hopes that you know we get a little more perspective as we move through this series, and of course we will conclude with what the Word of God says grace is. To be able to open up our minds to where we're going in this series, so some of these people are are, are theologians, others are you know very renowned authors of, of powerful books. Um, so some of the, I'll, I will share the names with you as well because there are some books. That I mean, I have read personally, but that some that I haven't read that I think just by this quote is going to make me want to read the book or, or discover more. So we're always trying to give you some resources here that you can become more independent, you can become more confident in your walk with the Lord, uh, not just depend on Sunday devotionals, but actually grow in your walk and you know continue to to, to grow in your individual walk as well. So the first the first quote is from Max Lucado, he is a uh, a very renowned author um, that we kind of grew up with. I think you had a Mexicano Bible growing up, right? Didn't you? Inspirational Bible. Oh. Yeah, so he's written like inspirational Bibles and books and everything like that. And this is what he said grace is. He said, grace is the voice that calls us to change and then gives us the power to pull it off. Grace is the voice that calls us to change and then gives us the power to pull it off. I thought that was powerful, right? Um, Arthur Pink, he's another author that, that I've read. He's, re- he's written uh, various books on like the Holy Spirit and prayer and things like that. And he says, grace, grace can neither be bought, earned, or won by the creature. If it could be, it would cease to be grace. So this kind of speaks to the whole aspect of receiving something that you, don't, you know you don't deserve, but receiving it to the full. Right. So and this is what this is the line where people kind of deal with like condemnation and guilt and God's mad at me. And I don't deserve this. and I don't deserve that. And, 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 and seeing yourself in a way that's unworthy of God's love in that way. Right. So this is that line of, yes, no, you're not worthy, but God wants you to receive it as you were worthy because it's through Christ. So it's kind of like this thing where we, we, we say, stop, God. No, come on, God. No, stop, God. No, come on, God. Stop, God. No, come on, God. At the same time. And we're doing this at the same time. There's this line where God is trying to help us and empower us to walk in confidence, come with him, uh, come to him in boldness, but then receive Christ because that's the purpose of his death for us, for us to receive him in the fullness. So grace can either be bought, earned, or won by the creature. It could be, if it could be, it would cease to be grace. So if we could earn it, it's not grace. If we could pay for it, it's not grace. If you feel like you deserve it, it's not grace. And this is the calling that God is calling us to, to give the grace that you want to receive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ain't nothing like messing up, making a big, big mistake, and you, it's all your fault. It is nothing that, in the guilt that you feel and all of that. And you, you all you want is you, you want to feel forgiven, right? So it, sometimes the person says, oh, I forgive you. I forgive you. Okay. All right. No, you know, I, I'll let it slide. But you know they ain't let it slide you still feel that burden. You still feel that inside, like you want to make it right in that sense. Um, So there's a level of grace that we want when we make mistakes and we mess up. But the challenge is also to give that grace that you want to receive, right? Okay. Um, Here's another, this is St. Augustine. And he said, for grace is given, not because we have done good works, but in order that we might be able to do them. And this is the flip side of grace. And we're going to go through it in a sense, uh, too. Okay. So, th- the premise of, of, of this double sidedness of grace, ask this question, right? Because Christ has saved you, what does that cause your life to reflect? Or what does that cause your life to want to do? Because of your understanding of the fact that there's no way that I could have earned Christ dying for me, what response does my life desire to give? And then grace gives you the power to be able to do that, right? So it's, it's, it's for grace is given not because we have done good works. Okay, so let's, let's, let's pause right there because this is the year that we're focusing on good works, right? But the good works are not because we're good. The good works are not because we have more than these people who have less, right? The impact of good works has to come from a good God.
0: Have, and it also has to be fueled right. by God, right? Because if the intent of the good work right. is anything other than bringing glory to God, like we just spent, you know, a few weeks studying, right, mm-hmm. in Matthew, the purpose of being salt and light was so that men could see our good works
1: mm-hmm.
0: and in turn do what glorify our Father, which is in heaven, right? So it has to, if if the good works are fueled by anything other than the purpose of glorifying God and it's f- coming from God, it's not really good works. Mm-hmm. They're just works.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then the fulfillment that we get from it, you know, you you your people will see you. Like there's a scripture that 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 uh, I forget where it is, I think it might be in Psalm that he who loans to God. Uh, he who gives to the poor or he who gives is actually loaning to God. So he who gives the less fortune is actually loaning to God. So this, there's this motive and there's this reciprocity that God wants to give us if we allow ourselves to be a channel of his goodness. And we only able to do that because we have a revelation of God's grace towards us that's moved on our hearts. This is another quote by Harry Ironside. Grace is the very opposite of merit grace is not only undeserved favor, but it is favor shown to the one who has deserved the very opposite. And this is the aspect of grace that I think, and we kind of touched on it too, right? Does everybody deserve grace? There are some people who are intentionally just evil. There are some people who are just just not, right? We all know that we, 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 we have people that we have relationship with or we have people that we know, we're acquainted with that. It's like, this, this person does not deserve. They don't. They don't. But the thing about grace is God spreads this grace over everyone because nobody deserves it. So it's kind of like, well, well this, this this don't really seem fair, God. Like, this this don't seem fair. But when you think about it, like, And this is when it comes to like the degrees of goodness, because we always like to compare each other based on degrees, like, you know, or uh, I come to church, so that means I'm more in good standing and good graces with God than someone who never came, right? Well, the thief on the cross messes that whole argument up, because on, he, 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 he messed up, he was getting punished for what he was, he was a thief up until the point of his death. He was on the cross next to Jesus, he didn't go to church. He, 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 didn't, he didn't have no time to do penance and all this other stuff. All he did was acknowledge my frailty. And Jesus said, I'll see you later. I'll see you later in paradise. Today, I'm going to see you in paradise. So there's this level of grace that can only come from God because it has nothing to do with how much you try to compare yourself to God's goodness and all that. Because compared to God, none of us are holy. None of us are good enough. That's the whole point. There's a scripture that also tells us that our righteousness are filthy rags. So even when you're trying to do good things, it's not like without the empowerment of God, it's not that great. Because we always have to be constantly aware of our motives and our desires to, you know, be seen and and all that stuff. It's a very slippery slope. Um, D.L. Moody, a very popular theologian, he said, grace isn't a little prayer you chant before you receive your meal. Mm-hmm. It's a way to live. The law tells me how crooked I am. Grace comes along and straightens me out. So there's, this, there's, this, there's that double-sidedness of it, right? So, you know, oh, did you say grace or whatever? And that, that, that whole thing. We can go into that about praying over food and all that stuff. because There's different schools of thought on that, but that's a sidetrack. At the end of the day, minimizing grace is something that we do to bless our food and all that is really selling ourselves short to really understanding the fact that God's grace is supposed to empower you to live a certain way. God's grace gives you the power to live this Christian life. And the power is not based on your own merit. It's not based on your own ability. It's not based on what you think God says you should do. It's not based on your Bible knowledge. It's not based on anything like that. It's based on the fact that you understand if not for the grace of God through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, I would be on my way to hell. I would be a mess. I'll be whatever. And because I understand that aspect of God's grace, that causes me to want to give that to other people. And then I'm not going to disrespect God and disrespect my walk with God and take advantage of God's love just because of his grace. When I'm found out that I'm wrong, grace causes me to straighten up. My revelation of God's love for me causes me to straighten up, causes me to try to walk according to his word more readily. Another quote from Charles Spurgeon, grace puts its hand on the boasting mouth and shuts it up once and for all. So this is about people that brag and, oh, I'm more of this and I'm more of that, more of this and more of that. Grace makes you be quiet because you know you ain't all this and all that. You understand that in the mirror and in, in the light of God's reflection, that we are all frail, that we are all in need of God's love. And this is the last uh, last couple quotes here. And um, this is Chuck Swindoll. I used to listen to him on, a, on the radio all the time. Um, and he says this. Grace releases and affirms. It doesn't smother. Grace values the dignity of individuals. It does not destroy. Grace supports and encourages. It isn't jealous or suspicious dynamic right just imagine uh, us walking in the fullness of god's grace amongst each other in this world that we're able to release people and not hold them hostage because of offense we're able to affirm people when we ourselves need affirmation we don't smother people and lord over people and point the finger at people and criticize people and be overbearing with people but we value the dignity of each other. And it's the dignity as a creation, as a created being of God with a soul and a purpose from God. See, that has nothing to do with your station in life, has nothing to do with type, where you are in your walk. It's just the dignity that you are somebody that God made that he has you breathing here because he has a divine purpose for you, for me in this earth. And it's just on that base level of understanding uh, God's grace, it's very, it's, 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 it's convicting. When we think about it, it's convicting how much we have um, taken advantage or undervalued this great power that God has given us um, in his grace.
0: And it, uh, what comes to mind to me when thinking about grace is
1: it's basically a
0: space that's given to you or a courtesy, mm-hmm. but I, I think of it as an actual space given to you for you to do To correct your wrongs or correct your mistakes, whatever behaviors need to be corrected, Mm -hmm. or it's giving you a little bit more rope, Mm -hmm. that's gonna end up, you're gonna end up hanging yourself on. Yeah. Because at some point, you know, you're given a measure, but at some point, it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. like I've given you this grace. And and what comes to mind is when we deal with our youngest, Mm -hmm. and well, really all of them, but mainly our youngest, (laughs) when she's caught doing something wrong or sh- there's a pattern of behavior that she consistently uh, exhibits. After a while, you know, we'll, we'll say, okay, you have grace, mm-hmm. we're giving you grace. Mm-hmm. So you're able to do this even though you haven't done what's necessary to earn that. Well, we're going to give it to you because we're give- extending grace. Mm-hmm. But after a certain amount of time, there is no more grace. And now you ha- you're dealing with the punishment that you would have got
1: Right from the, the very beginning,
0: yeah, yep. so it's either that space to get it right or just a little bit more rope to hang yourself,
1: yeah, and that that reminds me of, of one of the times where she had done something I don't know what it was, what was it it wasn't the stealing the truck it was something. it was something right it was something that she did, and i you know i i was I was coming uh to get her, and I told her you know I said uh, <laughs> Leave my Lily alone. (laughs) I I told her, I said, All right, Lily, listen, now you got to get it because we already told you. And then she looked at me and she said, But daddy, but there's grace. Right. And, and, And it made me think about the fact that how many times have we done that to God? Like it's like, you know. You you, you got into this situation now. All right. Well, I'm going to let you. It ain't going to be as bad bad this time. But you got the conviction. You knew. Okay, now this is, I know this is not right, but I I know I just, you know, thank you for your grace, Lord. Eventually, it's going to be like, and we all can relate to that. We all can relate to that. So That
0: goes to show mm -hmm. how you should approach receiving it. Right. Not that you receive it from a place of like, Woe is me, you know, I, I don't deserve this, oh God. But mm-hmm. in a sense, you you are approaching it with sobriety, right, knowing that you really don't deserve it. So you appreciative and you don't want the grace to have to get extended too long because in the back of your mind you know, all right, I'm treading on a thin ice right now. So let me fall back and do what I need to do.
1: Right. So understanding this, and like you said, baby, it's, it's so true. You know, understanding this and valuing it as such is going to cause us to grow in our walk with the Lord. And this is the powerful thing and probably the most profound thing about God's grace, which is why we're constantly fought. Satan didn't receive the same grace that we are receiving. When you look at the story and you read the Bible about what happened in heaven, one of the demonic gripes, that the forces of darkness have with those who have embraced Christ is the fact that God's grace has been shed abroad upon us and that we have a period by which we're able to be reconciled with God and be able to get it right. And every day we live on this earth is God's grace being shed abroad to us to come into that knowledge of Christ so that we might end up being with him. The animosity that Satan and the force of darkness have over us, which is why we're constantly fought, is because their fate is already sealed. That's it. There, there's there's no forgiving. That's it. They crossed the line, and now there's no grace for them. But God has shed His grace upon us, and this is why we're being fought all the time. Because at the end of the day, if I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna take everybody as I'm gonna take as many people with me as I can. And this is why you're constantly being fought in your prayer life, you're constantly being fought in your walk with God, you're constantly being fought in your relationships and all that, because anything good, the enemy wants to tamper with, because the goodness of God is what draws us into repentance, which makes us more aware of his grace. So this is the reality here that we're constantly being fought at, which is why I believe having an understanding of how much God has given us through Christ is paramount to us really appreciating and walking this thing out in freedom. And if we don't get anything else from this, I pray that we understand that God's grace is not only enough, but it empowers us to be all that he calls us to be. And it's going to be predicated on how much you surrender your mind and your thoughts to the knowledge of Christ. So there's this relationship where the more I know Jesus, the more I understand his grace, the more I'll be able to do because of his empowerment in my life. One of my favorite Bible teachers, John Piper, he says this, grace is not simply leniency. When we have sinned, grace is the enabling gift of God not to sin. Grace is power, not just pardon. Man.
0: That, that's the other side mm-hmm. of grace. You know, mm-hmm. we de- like, we've like we been dealing for this time period, mm-hmm. we've been dealing with yeah. the grace, you know, when we sort of mm-hmm. don't quite make it, but yeah. that's the, the other side. Yep,
1: yeah. It's yeah. not just pardon oh lord thank you for your forgiveness but it's the power to not have to go that way all the time Mm -hmm. so there's a grace to be and then there's a grace to do Mm -hmm. and this is the both this is the double-sidedness of grace that we'll be talking about in the series in that there's a grace to be saved there's a grace to live for god there's also a grace that empowers you to do and not do things last two grace is god-given power to live differently this is judah smith And finally, this is a book that I haven't read yet, but based on this quote, I said, you know what, I got to check this book out. This is by Carolyn Ann Bartsley. And this quote says, it is from our heart that we are to listen and follow him, Jesus. Grace is God's divine influence upon our heart and his expression in and through us. Living in grace shifts us from trying to live beliefs in our mind to believing in our heart where our Lord and Savior resides. Jesus demonstrated how to live in grace. And that's the goal, that's where we wanna be. We wanna move from receiving and it being this one-sided thing till it becomes something that we walk out. That every day we're living in God's grace. We're receiving it and we're giving it, and receiving it and giving it, and doing great works. Why? Because it's not empowered by our own motives to be a better Christian, but it's empowered by the love of God and our understanding of God's grace over us that we might be able to demonstrate it to others. Kind of close with this, focusing on this scripture for the last few minutes here is Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10. And this is the New International Version of Scripture. And it reads For it is by grace. You have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. There's a lot, we could have done the whole introduction on this, and we'll go a little deeper into this more extensively next time. But understanding the fact that it is by grace that we have been saved in the first place. So that's the foundation of what we're talking about, right? And I think most of us can understand that the fact that we don't deserve salvation, right? But understanding that um, and asking God to continuously take us into the depths of his process. And of of God's mindset when it comes to how much it costs to save us. God is calling us to receive his grace, understand salvation. Receive his grace, understand God's love. Receive his grace, understand the depth of God's love. So taking it from the love to like, okay, not only does God love me, but he also cares for me. What does God's care look like? to sit in the salvation that we have and allow the fullness of the experience to envelope us and cause us to move into that space and give that off to other people. I mean, that's really what it is. So going to that same party and appreciating, wow, there was a lot of effort put into this party. Wow, this food actually tastes really good. Well, and, and enjoying the experience, but appreciating the value of someone else, someone else's effort to make you, to give you an experience of it. I believe God is really calling us to really take this time to look at the salvation that we claim to have and to walk in it with the appreciation of how much it cost for us to have it that's the heart of God's grace so it's the faith in Christ that causes us to appreciate what Christ has done and it's not from ourselves so once again this verse i love it because it's kind of keep, keep it, it it does like this Hopscotch kind of thing. Like it keeps reminding you of what it is. So you are saved. You have been as far by grace that you have been saved, tap through faith. So you can't brag about it. I've been saved for 25 years. I've been saved for a hundred years. Okay. It's not by works. So that no one can boast. You can be saved for one minute and make it into heaven. You can get saved on your deathbed and make it into heaven. It's all God's grace. But the moment you come to the knowledge of Christ, that's when the responsibility to live this thing out comes. So that for somebody who might say, well, you know, I'm just going to just, you know, whatever, because I can get saved on my deathbed. I wouldn't take that chance because that's, we're going to talk about breezy grace soon. I going to talk about what that is and the consequences of that too, right? So God is not mocked. Whatever we sow, we going to reap. God sees what's done in darkness. He knows the whole thing. So there's this dynamic of understanding, man, this is free? and it's a gift from God, but don't let the free aspect of it taint the value of it in your life. Lord, we thank you. We praise you for this day. We thank you for your goodness and your kindness towards us. We thank you for your provision and your mercy. We pray Lord that as we embark on this new series on grace, that you would revolutionize our thinking on what it is to be recipients of this free gift. We pray, Lord, that you would cause us to fall even more in love with you and a greater recognition into what you have done for us. We pray, Lord, that you would bless each and every one of us as we continue to grow together. This is our prayer in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Before you go, we'd like to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Romans 9 through 10 says that if we confess with our mouth, and believe with our heart we shall be saved. Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I recognize and acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of your grace. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn away from my sins and ask you to forgive me and save me. I make you Lord of my life. If you made this life-changing decision, welcome to the family. We want to know about it. Connect with us online at www.thelifehouseministries.org or by downloading the Lifehouse app. We love you all and pray God continues to bless and keep you.